the Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome, friends. I think you might enjoy this episode because we're going to talk about something that you never, ever hear about. No one ever talks about this subject, including doctors or any healthcare providers or any trainers or health coaches or functional doctors or or anyone like that. Matter of fact, we've always been told that body fat is just body fat. Well, we've always known that there's white and brown amylase tissue and they both have different effects in the body. But let me tell you, it's so much more than that. Matter of fact, it's so important that if you don't grasp this concept, you will never achieve the body composition that you want. This is gonna be a foundational episode. If you remember, the first 20 episodes or so, I gave you foundational concepts. Well, this is another one. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Are you ready? Because I'm gonna blow your mind. Today we're talking about visceral fat. I know what you're saying. You're saying, what the heck did you just say? Visceral fat? I never even heard of that. Guess what? You will. We're going to talk about it. So I'll just put this preface out right now. The information I'm giving you is going to be 90% from someone named Dr. Sean O'Mara. Now, he's an expert in this field. He has diagnosed and worked with thousands of people on this concept. And let me tell you, this is going to change your life. I'm telling you right now, this will change how you perceive many things going on in your body and your overall health conditions that you might have or how you feel or how you look, how you see fat in the body, how you see another person, maybe like an athlete or someone who's really overweight. This will change how you think. Follow me now. So Dr. Sean O'Mara, not only is he a doctor, he's also a lawyer. He was once a police officer and he's still a reservist for the military. And guess what? He's 61 years old. I'm sorry, what exactly have you and I done with our lives? This guy has a doctorate. He's also a lawyer, he used to be a police officer, and he's still a reservist for the military at his age. Are you kidding me? These kind of people absolutely blow my mind. The amount of fortitude it takes to achieve these goals is incredible. So just when you think, I'm stuck where I'm at, I'm never going to get better. Nothing's ever going to change. People like this prove to you you can change your life for the better. And by the way, he didn't get healthy until about 12 years ago. Think about that one. So here's this guy that has figured out how to change your life only 12 years ago. And he has accomplished all of this. If you have a goal or an interest that you want to really, really learn about, I say do it. Don't hold back. Go for it. Well, are you going to go for it? All right, let's get into the information. Humans are interesting creatures. One of the things that makes us so interesting is how we will 
perceive the world around us. And the number one way that really, I think, gets to us more than pain or pleasure is visual. You see, I can tell you all about something, like in this podcast or this episode. But if you visually see something, it will freak you out. I could describe all day long a crazy situation. You'll go, wow, that was, that was crazy. But if you see it, you could, you could have nightmares from it, maybe. Like they say, seeing is believing. Well, what about this? If you read a book, you might say, wow, that was a great book. You put it into a movie, you might say, mm, that wasn't as good because it was really hard to make that book into a visual format. But what if the movie is better than the book because it was visceral? People respond better to visual representations than they do numbers or graphs or anything else, actually. So, for example, people know sugar is bad for them, but they still consume it. What happens if they actually get to see the amount of sugar that they're consuming? Would that change their decision on if they should consume that or not? I think it would. So let's give you a few of them, shall we? An average apple has five teaspoons of sugar. Now, if you know how to cook and you know what a real teaspoon is, you'll know what five teaspoons is. You might think, oh, five teaspoons in an apple. That's not so bad. Okay. A can of Pepsi is 40 grams. It's almost three times the amount of sugar in a can of Pepsi as it is in an average apple. So let me break this down a little bit further and quantify it for you. Are you ready? You know how big a tablet of Tylenol is? I use that because everybody pretty much knows how big that is. That's 500 milligrams. Two of those make one gram. So to give you an idea of how much sugar is actually in Pepsi, you would have 80 tablets of Tylenol in your hand. 80. Would you consume 80 of anything ever in your entire life? But I'm just saying, that's the equivalent. How about this one? A glazed donut from Dunkin' Donuts has 13 grams of sugar. Actually has less than an apple. Isn't that crazy? But we think a donut has more sugar than an apple. Guess what? It doesn't. And I'm willing to tell you the apple actually is more harmful than the donut. As far as the sugar goes. Not everything else, but as far as the sugar goes. Regular sucrose from sugar is not as harmful to the body as fructose is from fruit. We will talk about that in upcoming episodes, trust me. But I'm just trying to give you a quantification of how much sugar is in one glazed donut, 13 grams. So we have 15 grams in an apple. We've got 40 grams in Pepsi. We have 13 grams in a glazed donut. Now we come to the one that is the ubiquitous. I'm sorry, how much is in that? Question, how much sugar is in a grande size Starbucks pumpkin spice latte? Oh yeah, that Super tasty beverage that is the number one seller this time of year. Are you ready? I'm sure you've probably heard this. It's probably on all the social media, but if you haven't, it's 49 grams. Yes, 49 grams. That's the equivalent of more than three apples. You could have four glazed 
donuts. It's more than a can of Pepsi. And we think, oh, nothing wrong with that. It's a treat. I don't do this all the time. Oh, a lot of people do it almost every day on the way to work because, well, they stop by Starbucks or any other coffee place and get some super sweet dessert beverage that they don't know is killing them, literally. Wow, Eric, you got really dark there, didn't you? Well, I kind of had to because people don't quantify what they're actually putting in their body. How much is in that candy bar? How much is in that pasta dish you just had? How much is in that bagel? How much sugar and carbohydrates do you consume on a daily basis? I guarantee you it's more than you know. And if you were to compare it to actual sugar laid out on a table, you would freak yourself out and say, I would never eat that much sugar at a sitting. And yet that's exactly what we're doing. You took the equivalent in sugar of whatever food you're eating and put that in a pile on the table in front of you, or better yet, on the plate in front of you, you would not eat that sugar. You might have a little bit and go, oh man, I've had enough. I mean, a teaspoon, that's enough. Yet, because there's other flavors going on, we just keep consuming and consuming. How about things like popcorn? You just eat a whole thing of that. You go, oh, it's fluffy. There's not much there. Oh, really? Look at the numbers. I dare you to look it up. All right, so let's get into visceral fat and freak you out because that's part of what I love to do here is to freak you out to get you to change your life for the better. But hopefully inform you in such a way that you now say, I want to change my life. I want to get better. I want to feel better. So here it is. Visceral fat. First things you need to understand. I'm going to get into the negatives first, and then we'll get into the positives of getting rid of it and then how to get rid of it, this kind of stuff. So it interferes with all of the health processes of your body. For example, it actually makes you look older. It'll make you feel older because it's super, super inflammatory. It interferes with all of your health practices. Anything that you're actually doing to improve your health will be inadvertently sabotaged because of visceral fat. It is so inflammatory that it interrupts all the good things you're trying to do. So think about it. You have this visceral fat in your body that is interrupting all the positive things you're trying to do. And so you're wondering, I'm doing all these great things. How come I'm not making any progress? Or, man, this is so slow. What's going on? This could be your reason. And it is for most people, actually. Visceral fat secretes all kinds of inflammatory agents. You may have heard the word cytokine. That's just one of them. There's a lot of different ones that it produces. These inflammatory agents interfere with all the good processes of your body. Like it interferes with building muscle or trying to lose weight. You may see it as things like when you look at somebody you know, maybe even somebody you don't know, and they're sort of got like a puffy face, something of that sort. Then you see them later after they've gone on a health program and you go, wow, you look so good. Part of it could be they lowered the inflammation in their body, which shows in your face. It's amazing how much will show in your face of how 
much ill health you really do have. It interferes with your blood flow, which is basically your circulation. But I think blood flow is a better description than circulation. Then it interferes with things like your posture or wait, Eric, did you, did you just say posture interferes with my posture? Yes, I did. Why does it interfere with your posture? It's inflammatory. It takes your entire body and interferes with all the good things like posture. So you're trying to sit up straight. You're trying to stand at your desk. You're trying to do all these things to make yourself a good structure. Skeletal system, you work out, you do these things so that you, you feel good and live long. And this visceral fat is pulling you inward, like imploding you and bringing everything into the center. That's kind of a way to think about it because it interferes with all your exercise. It's basically blocking all your good things you're trying to do. It even inhibits things like hair growth. Why? Because it lowers blood flow. And without blood flow, you don't get nutrients and oxygen to the extremities, like the top of your head. Or in some cases, as with most men, as they get older, they lose the hair on the legs below their knees. Why is that? It's blood flow. And that can actually be reversed by getting rid of visceral fat. One of the ways that you can see what's going on in your body, and we're going to have an episode in the future about this, because I think this is super cool. But the whites of your eyes, they're called the sclera. In the sclera of your eyes, you can see your health. You can actually determine how good a health you have. And then where in your body, it's all messed up. There's also another one called iridology, which is the iris. I'm just talking sclera right now. The sclera would show things like poor circulation, which would be things like all the little veins you see in your eyes. It's bloodshot or it's a little yellow. It's a little orangey looking. It's just not really bright, clear white. Bright, clear white without using eye drops is a really good indication of someone's health internally because the inflammation caused by visceral fat actually creates congestion in the whole body. Inflammation is like congestion. It inflames things. It puts pressure on things. It slows things down. It would be like traffic when you're trying to get to work. You're the blood, but it can't get to the destination because there's all this stuff in between. There's inflammation is the same thing. Just think of it as congestion. Well, in sclerology, they talk about congestion more than they do inflammation because to them, they see stagnation and congestion related to blood flow or circulation. I digress. So visceral fat will accumulate in all kinds of areas of your body. The worst place that it will accumulate is around your heart. That's really, really bad. Remember, it's inflammatory. So you're surrounding your heart with inflammatory compounds secreted from that visceral fat. What about if it's around your pancreas or your liver? It's putting not only physical pressure on your intestines, but also on all your organs. So there's this physical pressure 
and then it's secreting all of these inflammatory agents like cytokines. And then to top that all off, it also ends up in your muscle. When it's in your muscle, you would know that as marbling, like that totally awesome ribeye steak or any other, or maybe even a Wagyu steak. You see, that's actually happening inside your body. Visceral fat in your muscle is not a good thing. It interrupts your muscle from burning fat and keeping you young. Now, here's the thing. It does not matter how you look. It's how you measure out with visceral fat. In other words, if you were to get an MRI scan, like Dr. Sean O'Mara talks about, you could see your visual fat in your body. They usually do one around the waist where your belly button is. They do a cross-section, and they can see your muscles compared to your visceral fat because that's the area that is the best indicator. The second best indicator are your thighs. So they'll do a cross-section of your thighs. And if your thighs look like a ribeye, that's not good. If they look like filet mignon, that's really good. That's like super, super good. This is the best measurement for visceral fat. Now, you can get a baseline from your weight scale that has the other measurements associated with there, those biometric measurements. Now, those are not accurate. Those are only used as trending type numbers. So for example, they will usually show visceral fat. It might say 20%. I guarantee you, you're not 20%. You could be plus or minus a lot. But what it will show you is as you lose your visceral fat, and I'm going to tell you how, but you will see that number trending down. That's what's really important. And if you're gaining fat, or gaining weight, and that number goes up, it's showing you that you're gaining visceral. Now, you got to understand, that number that you read, that is not the true number. You can't expect a scale under $100 to give you an accurate representation of your visceral fat. That's not going to happen. But we don't care. doesn't matter what the number is. You just want to say, oh, here I started, and now here is where I am. That's what you want. And now comes the controversial part of this whole episode and this topic. So you think, Eric, I'm good. I'm skinny. Oh, really? Oh, Eric, I'm super overweight or I'm obese or I have a big belly or I'm, I'm fat. I must be just full of visceral fat or eh, I think I'm doing just fine. I'm not really worried. Uh, I don't look great, but I don't look bad. I'm just, you know, somewhere in the middle. Guess what? It does not matter at all what you look like. If you don't believe me, you can uh, go to episode four. I talk about body types and how to master yours. We discuss this. It's awesome information. And then in episode seven, I talk about kind of the same thing, only in more depth about your physical appearance and your actual health. It doesn't matter how you look. It really doesn't. You could be skinny, super overweight, or somewhere in the middle, and either have lots of visceral fat or almost none, 
or somewhere in between. This is why the MRI scan will tell you exactly how much you have, and therefore you would know where you're actually at. There's no other test that's really very good. And I know it sucks what I'm trying to tell you is, oh, you mean I got to go spend 500 bucks and get an MRI scan? Well, if you want to know what the actual level of your health is based on visceral fat, then yes. But I think 500 bucks to learn exactly where you're at visually, which is the whole reason I started the episode out with telling you about humans are visual, is because once you see what your inner abdomen looks like, you're going to want to change. According to Dr. Sean, he says when people see it, they drop alcohol. They drop processed foods. They start working out because they actually get to see what a healthy person looks like compared to what they look like. And that visceral experience, you know what I'm saying, is life changing. So let's go back to what I'm saying. You think because you're skinny, you must have low visceral fat. Well, guess what? He's found it's the opposite. Usually people who think that they have no visceral fat because they look at themselves and say, well, I'm skinny. In his experience, when he's done the MRIs, they're full of visceral fat. It doesn't matter what you look like. And then he's also done MRIs with people who have a lot of subcutaneous fat. Now, subcutaneous is what's on the outside. So if you pinch your gut, that's your subcutaneous. When you look at most scans, a lot of people don't have as much outside type of fat, the subcutaneous, that you might think. You look at them and go, wow, look at that huge beer belly. Well, in actuality, it might not be as much as you think it is. What's happening is there's enough visceral fat inside that's pushing the organs out and they've lost their tonification because of the visceral fat and it makes it look larger than it really is. The actual subcutaneous fat is not as much as you might think. Here's a good way to think about it, actually. You ever seen pork belly? The food, pork belly, right? Kind of like where they get bacon from. Or the fat cap on meat, like a ribeye or something. That fat that's on the outside, that's subcutaneous. The fat that's inside the muscular structure, that's visceral. So just because someone looks overweight doesn't mean they actually have visceral fat, according to Dr. Sean. He's seen this. It has nothing to do with how you look on the outside. It has everything to do with what's going on on the inside. I find that fascinating. I've always been a proponent, my last 35 years of learning about health, that it has nothing to do with what people look like. You can find people of all different shapes and sizes with all different levels of health. It doesn't matter. Visual doesn't mean all that much. Now, of course, I'm talking in the sense of how modern people perceive the body. Because back in the day, or in different cultures around the world, the heavier you are, it's actually more attractive says you can afford food, or you're fertile, or you can bear children, or any number of things. And skinny people, they look at them as malnourished and sickly. So it depends on where you're at. The visual references for how healthy someone is, I think are more things like what he talks about in the face. For example, your 
inflammatory condition in your body from visceral fat makes your face look puffy. And then when you lower your visceral fat, your face shape changes. So does your skull, he says. So does your posture. Because the inflammatory response makes you look older than you really are. So when you reverse that, you actually look younger, like more youthful skin and face and head shape and posture, overall body composition. All right, so what are the uh, benefits to getting rid of it? So according to Dr. Sean, he states that most of the chronic illnesses we have from metabolic syndrome, diabetes, weight gain, overall poor health, mental issues, all these things can be corrected with lowering visceral fat as much as possible. And I do concur. It's an absolute fact. Visceral fat has been known forever to cause so much congestion and inflammation in the body that it inhibits you becoming healthy. So you name the condition. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, maybe not hangnails, but I could make a case for that, actually. You see where I'm going with this? This could be one of the main reasons why you are unable to become healthy. You know, the last episode of Monday Minutes, I talked about how you need to flip that switch. Why are you not getting healthy? Because you haven't flipped a switch. Maybe you're not healthy because you have flipped the switch, but you don't know how to get healthy. You have tried things, but nothing's working. You've listened to all different types of people tell you what you should do, and then you take a, a supplement. Well, that didn't work. And then you try this diet. Well, that didn't work. And then you try this exercise program. Well, that didn't work. Maybe it's because it never targeted something that is so innocuous, and yet the medical profession knows all about it, and that is the visceral fat connection. So what are the benefits of getting rid of it? I mean, if I didn't scare you enough of why you don't want it, how about I lift you up with reasons to get rid of it? The first one is lowering inflammation. Inflammation's a killer. If you can lower inflammation, everything gets better. Now, there's one caveat to that, and I will throw this in. One of the reasons that your body uses inflammation is to solidify an area, to support it. So let's pick a joint because this is something that a lot of people deal with. So if you have joint pain, whatever reason that you have it, when there's inflammation there, it helps to stabilize. So even though the inflammation kind of is chronically painful, if you get rid of the inflammation, it can have a different type of pain and it might be worse. It's kind of like when you uh, sprain your ankle and it swells up, the inflammation is there for a reason. It's trying to solidify that area to stabilize it. Get rid of the stabilization right away on your ankle and it would hurt worse, actually. Yes, it's uncomfortable with the inflammation that's there, but that's better than not having that stability. Inflammation can be everywhere in your body. It's literally in every single tissue affecting you in every single positive process. It's shutting things down on purpose. It's trying to shut down so many areas in order to stabilize your entire body. So in this case, visceral fat 
of which you need a little bit. Now, the amount, like Dr. Sean says, is you don't need any. I say, well, this is the 10% of what I said in the beginning. I say you need a tiny little bit because you need balance. You need homeostasis. And in order to respond to issues, you might need that visceral fat to kick up some cytokines to cause a little bit of inflammation because you might need that to slow down a reaction in your body or pain or something. Now, you don't want more than a tiny little bit because the outcome would be such a high amount of inflammation creating all of these inflammatory compounds that it interrupts all the positive things you're trying to do, like I said earlier, and all of the things that are positive right now. The things that are good right now get stifled, like your mental attitude or your energy levels, these kinds of things. All right, that's the main reason why visceral fat is bad, inflammation. Well, how does that affect you? So now we have the tree. Inflammation is the worst part, and how does that trickle down? Oh, here's how it starts. First of all, your overall health from vascularity. So when you think about vascularity, think about it like this. You've got arteries pushing blood to the extremities, and your veins bring it back. Okay, sending out good stuff, bringing back waste. If you have a good blood flow, then you should have really good utilization, sending it to the tissues, and really good extraction, pulling it away from the tissues. If that is interrupted because of inflammation, then you get symptoms. One of those symptoms, because it's not a cause, remember, it's a symptom. A symptom is not a cause. Causation creates symptoms. One of those symptoms for, let's say, men is rectal dysfunction. No circulation, that's not happening down there. And by the way, it's the same for women. Maybe one of the reasons why there's not enough blood flow down there in order to increase pleasure during those times of your life is because of lack of circulation. So if there's lack of circulation, there's things like heart disease or a lack of energy. And I don't mean just energy like, oh, I feel really energetic like I had caffeine. I'm talking about energy like I feel really good like I just had caffeine, but also cellular energy is restricted, which then creates a lack of vitality. And then you feel like, oh, I just, I'm always tired. I have no drive. I don't really care about anything. I'm just doing whatever I can to get by. Well, guess what? Circulation and blood flow creates energy and vitality. And that makes you feel good, which is why I'm bringing this episode to you is because I want you to feel good. The other thing that it will impact is your immune function. You see, inflammation affects your immunity. Yeah, it stops the good guys from taking out the bad guys. So if you want proper immune function, bring down visceral fat and your immune system will be more powerful. The other one that it affects is your mental cognition. If you want better cognition, get rid of the visceral fat. That inflammation inhibits your mental cognition. So when you're thinking that you can't think clearly <laughs> or you have cloudy thinking or you're making poor decisions, or maybe you're depressed or 
any number of mental issues, guess what? Visceral fat will affect that. You wouldn't actually think that, right? You would think, wait a minute, how does fat inside and around my organs or in my muscle contribute to mental issues? Because your whole body is connected. Remember? We've talked about this many times. So let's lower the visceral fat and mentally you'll be more aware, smarter, better recollection, and everything else that comes with a sharper mind. Just like you'll have better sleep. Getting rid of visceral fat makes you sleep better. And guess what? By sleeping better, you get rid of visceral fat, which we'll get into in a minute. But yes, this could be one of the reasons why you don't have good sleep. Your visceral fat is inhibiting the quality of your sleep. With inflammation, your skin looks terrible. It's just the way it is. But so some people think, well, my skin looks terrible. I'll get plastic surgery. When your real problem was just visceral fat, changing your lifestyle would get rid of it and you would look more youthful, more handsome, prettier, more attractive as a whole. And of course, your joints hurt when inflammation is up. So if you can lower your visceral fat, then your joints should start repairing themselves and getting better pretty quick, actually. And then if you eat right, you're getting nutrients that would rebuild those joints. It's never too late to get healthy. I'm telling you, it just takes discipline. Of course, if inflammation is down, that means circulation is better. And if circulation is better and the proper hormones are now circulating in the body because you don't have the negative hormones created by the visceral fat, then you would have the good hormones circulating. What would those good hormones possibly do? Oh, how about fertility? So you want to have babies? Well, let's get rid of the visceral fat. It's amazing how that actually works. Dr. Sean talks about this all the time. He says he's got a lot of people that couldn't get pregnant. Boom, get rid of visceral fat, pregnant, sperm are better, eggs are better, inflammatory conditions are down, baby growing in the body is happy. Everything is happy. All right, so how do you know that you are effectively getting rid of your visceral fat? Well, there is actually a way. This is the way. It's not perfect by any means, but it's at least a good way to look at it. Not just you feel better, your inflammation is down, you've had babies, you look younger, you're sleeping good, your mental cognition is awesome, <laughs> you know, no more erectile dysfunction or heart disease, your vitality is up, all that kind of stuff. But there are actual physical representations that can help you see that progress. Check this out. One way is to know if you have a visceral fat problem or if you've eradicated it or lowered it. You will see actual throbbing, the pulsing of your veins. So when you look at somebody and their head is turned and you see their side of their neck, you know what I'm talking about? And you can see that artery expanding and contracting. And you're like, whoa, that's their heartbeat forcing blood. Look at that. That representation is what I'm talking about. And you can see that in all kinds of areas in your body. 
people that have extremely low visceral fat, you can actually see that in their veins. They become more vascular, okay, as a whole. So we might think smoother skin where you can't see your veins is actually probably, it looks a little bit healthier, but it's not true. You want to see veins and vasculature of anybody who looks normal, not like a bodybuilder, but like a normal human being. Even ladies, if you don't see veins in your hands, tops of your hands, back of your hands, then it means you don't have very good circulation. I know it's prettier to not see them, but health is different than being pretty. And sometimes being healthy is prettier depending on your situation. I'm just saying. One way to know to amplify that almost throbbing pulsing of the veins or any other arteries and this kind of thing is after you get sunlight. Not sure what it is exactly about sunlight that actually increases this ability for your veins and arteries to throb. Probably has a lot to do with mitochondria and how the mitochondria in cellular structures increase energy production and therefore the after effect would be something like really good blood flow. But it's just one of the ways that you can do it. So if you go out in the sun, get a lot of sunlight on your skin, and then look at your veins and arteries, like your neck, and you see this, well, then you'll know you're doing really well with visceral fat. For men, using this kind of concept is, and I'm sorry, I'm getting graphic here. I'm, I apologize. If you have kids in the room, you might want to pause it for a second. For those of us who are adults, I can use the 7th and 8th grade language that I keep making fun of in the last two sex episodes. But men, when you have an erection, when you were young and you first started getting erections until maybe a few years after that or up to a certain time, maybe in your 20s, your erection would actually bounce a little bit. It moves you have no control. It just does that. That's the heart pounding. You actually have adrenaline going, but you can see the actual circulation that is creating a sort of a light bouncing effect. So men with ED, not only can you not get an erection, but there's absolutely no bouncing. The very opposite is no visceral fat, total circulation. Uh, that erection is moving all over the place, if you know what I mean. Now, women, how does that apply to you? Well, maybe the blood flow to the vaginal area might not be felt. Maybe you don't feel much down there. Maybe you're not having orgasms. Maybe you're just not excited. That area needs to be engorged in order to have pleasure during sex. Visceral fat will impede that. Now, I will say men will have more visceral fat than women. It's just some reason that's just the way it is. But Visceral fat will lower blood pressure, blood circulation, blood flow, everything there is with vascularity. And when you have low blood flow, in Chinese medicine, they say no blood flow, you're going to have all kinds of health conditions. That's just the long and short of it. The two things Chinese medicine go for, blood flow to make yourself healthy and clean out the digestive system because your sewer makes you sick. So... If you want to increase your health, you've got to get that circulation going. We'll have a 
heart disease episode and a and a blood pressure and all that kind of stuff episode coming up. Don't worry. We will do that and it's going to blow your mind. I'm serious. Everything that you think you knew about heart disease and cardiovascular health, it's you're not you are not going to believe it, okay? Well, maybe you will believe it, but it will dispel all the myths and all the garbage that you've been taught. It's going to be so much fun. All right, back to what we were talking about. But you need to know that as the visceral fat is going away, the body is changing, so it will take a little time to get super healthy. As you're changing these things, it gets healthier. It's just, it's going to take a little bit of time. Things don't happen in the health world right away. Like I said in, I think, episode two or three, uh, three months for every year you had a problem is a general good consideration for how long it takes to heal something. Now, in this case, visceral fat comes down immediately by doing the things that I'm about to tell you on how to fix it. Just know the body doesn't move as fast as we want it to. The only things that are fast are things that you can feel with your nervous system, like caffeine. Caffeine's the only vice I have left. Everything else takes more time. <laughs> this is the way it is, okay? All right, so let's get into how to fix it because essentially that's why you're here and I understand that. Your lifestyle is the most important thing when it comes to visceral fat. You know, I know you've heard this concept, this Latin phrase, temet nos. Means no thyself. Well, it's really true. You need to take care of your self, your body, your mind, your spirit. It's the only body that you have. <laughs> You're not going to get another one. And it's how you experience life. So sickness will interfere with you feeling good. And if you don't feel good, you don't enjoy life, which isn't that the point? So we think that if we drink alcohol or eat whatever foods we want, we're enjoying these things. They're very temporary. They don't last. So in health, if you want to feel healthy, feel good, and experience the best of life, short-term pleasures like sugar and alcohol and drugs and eating any food you want and watching TV and never exercising or doing anything for your health will have its consequences. You have to consider the long run, the long game. Now, if you don't care about the long game and you want to die at 42 doing whatever the heck you want, go for it. It's your life. You can do it. Knock yourself out. I'm simply stating that if you want to feel good for as long as you can to experience as much of life as possible, these things I'm teaching you will give you that outcome. Short-term pleasure does not equal health. And I'm not saying you have to torture yourself in order to be healthy. That's not the way it is either. But you do have to take precautions. You don't need that donut. You don't need that ice cream. You don't need those things. If you're going to do those things, be very selective. And even then, when you're selective, if you eat that ice cream during a birthday party, or you consume something or do something you know you shouldn't, and you feel terrible afterwards, was it really worth it? These are the considerations to take in. I mean, it's pretty basic. Sickness interferes with you feeling good. Now, the opposite of these things I'm 
about to tell you are what cause visceral fat. So if you do these things, you can fix it. All right. So maybe you start with just one of them for a little while and then add another and then add another. This episode will be there for you to go back to, to listen anytime you want. It's there. So you can get the motivation anytime you need. First reason, and the reason why I say start with one, there's no hurry, is because sometimes these things have consequences, which I've talked about in other episodes. If you change something, sometimes your body changes. And those changes might not be awesome. They might feel terrible. Other times, it's immediate and you feel, wow, I feel so good. Well, that's part of changing your body. Consequences could be things like detoxing. Man, detoxing can be super uncomfortable. When you change things in your life, your body will want to get rid of the stuff that it's not trying to deal with anymore. So it says, oh, I'm seeing these chemicals. I don't want them. I'll just put them over here. And when you stop consuming those, it says, oh, I can finally get rid of this crap. And it tries to push it out. And then you feel that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it can hurt. It doesn't feel good. Then you can have things like, well, I lost all this weight and now I have to buy new clothes. Yeah, clothes can cost a lot of money. There are consequences to changing yourself. But those are good. Those refresh you and help you create a new human being. First one is to get rid of stress. I had a stress episode recently. I would say refer to that on how to get rid of your stress. Absolutely fantastic thing to do. I mean, who wants to be stressed out? If you have high stress, you will deposit visceral fat. It's just the way the body works. Cortisol is not your friend when it comes to visceral fat deposition. Next, high intensity exercise. That is the only way to get rid of visceral fat. You can do all kinds of exercise you want, but if you don't stimulate your body in a high state on a regular basis, not going to happen. In other words, if you do something like jogging, jogging will produce absolutely no good health effects whatsoever. I will tell you, jogging is terrible for your body. It's terrible for your health. The only one benefit that it will give you is a hormonal high when you break the wall. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. Those of you who are runners know what I'm talking about. There are zero benefits to jogging. Marathon runners harm their body on a regular basis. They are not healthy. They do not live very long, and they have many health issues outside of running. Just because they look lean doesn't mean they're healthy. Guess what Dr. Sean says. He says that all these marathon runners and joggers that he sees, they all have tons of visceral fat inside their body. They look lean, but on the inside, they are not. They are full of visceral fat. So walking, walking's better. It's not fantastic for your health. It's not like, well, if I walk, I'm going to be this superhuman. It doesn't work like that. Walking is very, very good. It does wonderful, great things for you. So I'm going to say walking is really good. The next one is rebounding. If you don't know what rebounding is, look it up. Totally awesome. Super inexpensive. You don't need a gym. You can buy a cheap rebounder. You can buy a super expensive rebounder. But rebounding is 
totally amazing for your health. I will tell you one of the best things you can do, and I will never tell anybody at this point from everything I know, I will never tell anybody not to do rebounding. I personally do rebounding and find it phenomenal. But the best exercise that you can do to get rid of visceral fat is sprinting. That's the number one. I've talked about this before, but sprinting is absolutely incredible for the body. I will get into a weight loss exercise episode coming up in, I would say, not too distant future. And we're going to get deep into this because everybody wants to know how to lose weight. What really you need to lose is fat. Then you want quality muscle. There is no better way than sprinting. Sprinting is the best. If you can't sprint based on your health condition or your age, doesn't matter. There are ways that you can mimic sprinting. Totally phenomenal. And it creates something called myokines, which are the opposite of cytokines. So these are rebuilding compounds. Essentially in sprinting, you're creating, you're building fast twitch muscle, which is by far the most important. So when you want to stand up or pick something up off the ground, you want to do life as a whole, all those things you say, oh, I got to get out of bed or I'm sitting at work in the chair and you get up or or I got to pick something light up off the floor. I mean, all, all these things, those are all fast twitch muscle. And those are the things that get you through life. Running builds slow twitch muscle, which is the least healthy muscle tissue to have. Matter of fact, there's something called sarcopenia. Just means you have a loss of muscle mass. You are less healthy, you have less body structure, you have less ability to burn fat, you are wasting away. Sarcopenia is terrible. Think of concentration camp victims. That's sarcopenia. And marathon running and jogging actually creates that. Endurance exercise is terrible for the human body and is totally not needed. I've had people I've worked with over these years who had cellulite and they would run and run and run and do all this endurance exercise and they don't understand why their cellulite wouldn't go away. And they would never listen to me when I told them your cellulite has nothing to do with the amount of exercise that you do at all whatsoever. It's visceral fat. It's water levels in your body. It's collagen. It's your overall health that creates that. Now, the next one is easy for some people and difficult for others. You have to get rid of processed foods and alcohol. Dr. Sean says that just by getting rid of processed foods alone, he's seen people go from high visceral fat content to almost none. Just some people doing that. Now, I will say that's body type oriented, like I was saying earlier, that ecto, meso, and endomorph body types do matter when it comes to how you look and how much body fat and muscle percentage you have. But one thing that everyone can do is get rid of processed foods and alcohol. And he says these are the number one things that you can do. So does that mean you can do unprocessed foods? Well, yeah, you can. Is it going to slow your journey? Sure. Is it going to interrupt things? Sure. Do you still get to have a sweet potato? Sure. 
basically, if you're going to consume carbohydrates at all whatsoever, because let's face it, processed foods are pretty much nothing but processed foods, you want to do quality carbohydrates, like whole foods. So I picked potato because it's pretty much America's favorite food, along with grains to make flour in order to make bread. Well, bread is processed. So we're only talking about unprocessed. If you get rid of unprocessed, but don't get rid of things like potatoes or low sugar fruit, yeah, you're going to lower visceral fat. You will as a whole. Are you going to get rid of all of it? No. Do you still have other health conditions because you're consuming those foods? Yes. But just getting rid of visceral fat for what visceral fat does negatively in your life, getting rid of the processed foods and alcohol is the first step. Why does it have such an impact? Is it the quality of carbs? What is it about those processed foods? Well, it's how it affects the microbiome through sugar metabolism, especially. Certain people can handle those kind of foods because of their body type. Other people can't handle things like potatoes because of their body type, like an endomorph. And by the way, since the microbiome is so heavily studied now, we know a lot more than we ever did before. And this is all provable stuff. They can see it in not only humans, but in animals. It's, it's everywhere. When you consume carbohydrates, yeast will proliferate in the body. And then all the microbes that want to live off of sugar will amplify. And then they will tell you to eat more carbs. So I say if you're going to do whole foods, don't do carbohydrate-based foods. Let's stick to things that don't have carbs. And also, don't have fiber. Fiber is horrible for your small and large intestine. We'll have another episode in the future on that, but trust me when I tell you fiber is not a good thing. You've been told that your whole life. You should have all this fiber. Well, guess what? You don't. I'll give you a little teaser. If you're in a traffic jam, you're not going to make a traffic jam move faster by adding more cars. You make a traffic jam less by getting rid of cars, not by adding them. Now, one way you can do, if you want to do vegetables, the best way to do vegetables is fermented. Anything fermented. I don't care what it is. You can ferment it at home. You can make your own fermentation. You can buy these vegetables already fermented. doesn't matter. Just consume. If you're ever going to consume vegetables, consume them fermented is 80% better than consuming them whole. Okay? If you want an episode in the future about fermented foods, just let me know. Comment or email me, and we'll do an episode if you care about it. The next way to get rid of visceral fat is through proper sleep. Yeah, sleep actually improves visceral fat. If you remember in the sleep episode, which is episode 12, I talked about how you actually burn fat while you're sleeping. You don't technically burn fat while you're awake or exercising. I mean, yeah, you need fuel for the cells, so you'll burn a little bit of fat and some sugars and some other things. But your biggest fat burning comes from when you're sleeping. So I describe all of that in that episode. How do you get better sleep, Eric? 
Well, let's go through a few of those really quickly and then um, we'll wrap up. So first thing is light. You need sun exposure, as much sun as you can. Get your butt outside, look at the sunrise whenever you can, look at the sunset whenever you can. Anytime you can get out during the day, get outside. Tell your boss, you don't need a cigarette break, you need a sun break and just go outside for five minutes. Blue light. Do whatever you can to get rid of blue light after 4 p.m. I'm telling you, it's a major thing. I wore very powerful blue light blocking glasses two months ago. And before noon, I was almost falling asleep. I couldn't believe how powerful this was. So blue light keeps you awake. And so limiting that after 4 p.m., 5 p.m., especially in the winter, is going to be a Huge improvement to your sleep. Use candles. I'm telling you, you know, back forever, people used candles. People went to bed early. They woke up early. They felt awesome. They were technically healthier than we are. Just because we live longer doesn't mean we're healthier. Candles are an absolutely amazing way to improve your sleep. Next thing you got to do is get rid of all technology. Go as little tech as possible couple hours before you know you need to go to bed. Get rid of that stuff. I go through all of that in that sleep episode. Your bedding is an easy way to make sleep better. Linen sheets for sure. Gotta do the linen sheets. I'm telling you, man, once I switched to linen sheets, awesome. Way more comfortable. So nice. I will never go back to anything else. I know some sheet sets you've had, you're like, oh, I feel so good. This is different. I can't describe it. It's just better. You need to regulate your temperature as well. It should be colder. Everybody knows this. Trying to sleep hot, not possible. Make it colder. Figure it out. Magnesium and potassium are two minerals that you can use in your life to increase sleep. So let's say you have dinner, and then maybe a couple hours later, take some magnesium and potassium. Guarantee you sleep better. Guaranteed. Those two minerals are very difficult to get in your diet. Most people don't have enough of them. Those are the relaxing minerals. If you've never tried a sleep mask, it's a game changer. They have so many studies done with using a sleep mask and improving your sleep. You open your eyes while you're sleeping all the time. People have no idea that that actually happens. They have no idea. If you don't believe me, get a camera, get it set up above your bed somehow, side of your bed or whatever, and record yourself. You'll see your body doing all kinds of weird things when you're sleeping. If you use a sleep mask, you don't let light in through your eyes when your body does want to open them. Much improved sleep. I can't sleep without it now. I absolutely love my sleep mask. And I will tell you, I would love to find a linen sleep mask. Problem is that I prefer these sleep masks with the structure built into them so that your eyelashes have movement because you will blink your eyes while you're sleeping all the time. So if the sleep mask is pressing against your eyelids too much, you might find yourself not enjoying a sleep mask. Once I switch to the ones that accommodate for your eyelids, wow, 
massively awesome. Now, I don't like the materials they're made out of, but it is what it is. So if somebody has an eye mask out there that you know of that has the ability to blink while you're sleeping and not crush your eyelashes, please let me know. I prefer linen or wool. The next one you can do for proper sleep is sound. You got to change the sound in your room. There's only two ways to do it. You either get rid of sound 100% as much as you possibly can, or you have to create a sound that is consistent. The TV does not count. A radio or music does not count. You want a consistent sound. You know, a lot of people say, well, I use a fan to go to sleep, and without it, I can't go to sleep. That's that consistent sound. Fans can be a little bit weird because they're oscillating, and you can get warbling. You can't necessarily pick it up, but your brain does. So sleep machines are the best way you can do it. They're cheap. They're 20 to 60 bucks online. Awesome. I use one. I pick a frequency that I really like, which is white noise, and amazing. Just turn that sucker on, go to bed. Same sound all night. Drowns out all the garbage in the background. Wonderful. Telling you right now, if you're a person that needs complete silence to sleep, great. Love it. Wish I could do that, but that's not how the world works, generally speaking. The way around that, drown out everything except for the one frequency that your brain just hears and goes into a meditative state. Hopefully that meditative state is a good meditative state and not a weird one. So that's why you got to pick that frequency and those machines will help you do that. So we went through some ways to correct visceral fat, processed foods, sleep, high intensity exercise, stress reduction, your lifestyle these kinds of things. According to Dr. Sean, he says visceral fat has the largest improvement in people's health for chronic disease, weight gain, youthfulness, mental everything. So why not go after getting rid of this stuff? If you think that you're thin and look good right now, wait till you get rid of visceral fat and you have a six pack. If you're overweight and you get rid of visceral fat, you might not be able to get a six pack Maybe that's not how your body's constructed because you're an endomorph body type, but you feel like Superman or Superwoman. Isn't that the goal? Isn't that what you want? You don't have to have a six pack to be sexy. You don't have to have a six pack to look healthy. Those of us in the know, those of us who understand health, we know what's sexy. We know what looks good. And the best way to look good is to be vibrant and have vitality. That's infectious. That is attractive. Visceral fat is the underlying causation of most of your health conditions. 100% fact. I've put out a bunch of episodes telling you about all the things that wreak havoc in your health. They're all true. This is just one more thing. Guess what? Many of those things can be handled through visceral fat. Many of those things that I told you about before will allow you to not develop visceral fat. It's a full cycle. They all work together. Do what you can. Try and be as healthy as you can. Do everything in your power. I guarantee you, each step that you take, every little step, each one, getting rid of stress, 
starting to exercise, getting rid of processed foods, getting rid of alcohol, trying to sleep better. Every one of these types of things start compounding on each other and you will start feeling so good that each and every step after that becomes easier and easier. And you will love life more and more. You will accomplish more. You will enjoy your family more. You will love more. You will want to engage in life more. You will appreciate things in life more. I promise you. Thank you for listening as usual. I appreciate all your time. Please share this with other people whom you might think need to know this information. Take care of yourselves. If you want to contact me, my info is in the description box. Feel free to ask a question or suggest a topic, maybe some feedback, whatever. I look at every email and every comment, but please be constructive. I will not tolerate spam or rudeness or lewd comments. This is a place for healing and knowledge, not a negative space. If you want to read the transcript, it will be located on my website for each episode. It is therealityofhealth.com.